As a business and leadership mentor, wife, and mom, I know that building a legacy business as a high-performing female entrepreneur can be overwhelming when you play many demanding roles in your life. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can be a powerful, high performer in your career, plus enjoy a fulfilling marriage and be a great mom all at the same time. Join me and my guests every week to get the inside scoop on what it really looks like to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Welcome back to the Built to Last show. I'm so thrilled for our guest today, Michelle Perda. Welcome, Michelle. Hi, thanks for having me, Megan. Yeah, I'm so excited for this conversation. Michelle uh, works with women. Um, She is a marriage coach. Um, She's also a mom of three kids. Is that right? Yep. Mom of three and you're married and you're running a business. So you've got like the trifecta going on. And I'm sure you also work with a lot of women who are in a really similar boat. Um, So this is going to be a super juicy conversation because there are so many dynamics that play a role in our businesses as women, also as married women and married women who also have children. And you probably see loads of it with your clients. So I am really, really thrilled for this conversation. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm super pumped to be here. Great. Well, how about you kind of fill us in on, tell us a little bit about you, about your business. And I would love to hear how you got started as a marriage coach. Like why marriage coaching? Where'd that come from? Yeah, totally. So I am Michelle Perda. I'm a life marriage coach for moms. I am married to my best friend from business school, totally out of nowhere. Like didn't see that one coming. And we have three kids together. So our oldest is my stepson. He's almost 12. I cannot believe it. We're like in preteen life right now. Yeah. And I've got, (laughs) we've got, we have an 11 year old daughter. So we're, I'm almost, you know, you know, (laughs) yeah. Um, And then I have a a five-year-old and a one and a half-year-old. So we've got all phases of life right now in this household. And as a marriage coach for moms, I help moms shift conflict with their husbands into open communication and deep connection. So we talk about a whole lot of stuff, right? We talk about your relationship with yourself, which by the way, is the most important. Uh, I learned that the hard way and uh, communication boundaries, like you name it, pretty much everything in your life plays a part in your marriage because it impacts you. Right. And however you're doing in life impacts how you show up in your marriage. Same for motherhood. So very similar uh, walks of life and in, in, in complexity and satisfaction. So how I got to be here, that's a funny story. So it's not like I like grew up thinking I'm going to do this and I know exactly what I want to be. I wasn't like that at all. I, I uh, chose the fulfilling route when it came to college and I chose psychology and I loved it so much, but I didn't want to become a therapist because I thought it was too heavy for me. Mm -hmm. I wanted to look out for my well being. I didn't want to be like that person that couldn't handle her own life because of the heaviness that other people might be experiencing. And so I went the corporate route and, you know, did that for a long time, a really long time, probably over a decade. And then when my firstborn, so he's now five, when he was born, 
I didn't go back to work unexpectedly. I had every intention, but I didn't go back to work. And I I had to figure out a way to make money because I live in the Bay Area and this place is not cheap to live in. And so while looking for something to do, I thought, well, I might as well make it fulfilling. What am I good at? What are my gifts? I don't know. So I had a lot of conversations with people close to me and asked them like, what's your perspective of what I have to offer? What am I good at? What do you come to me for? And I discovered the life of life coaching. And I was like, what the heck is a life coach? I'd never heard of it before. And once I learned more about it, I was like, wow, this is so me. I love getting to know people. I love supporting people. I love asking questions. Like I dubbed myself the queen of questions. And that's literally what a life coach does. They ask you questions to help you, you know, find the answers within yourself while adding in some advice here and there, if, if it's something you legitimately don't know and support people in fulfilling their goals and their dreams and, and have it be action oriented. Right. So it's very complimentary to therapy. And so it's like, I'm helping people without having to go into the uh, therapy world. And so I decided I wanted to work with moms because I feel like we need all the support in the world. We probably have the most conditioning <laughs> uh, out of all the people um, in that, you know, we're taught be this way, be a people pleaser, don't have boundaries for yourself, care more about other people than yourself. Uh, life should look like this one linear way. Don't go outside of it. Otherwise, you're not being a good woman. You're not being a good wife or a good mom. And so I really want to dismantle all that and, and let people know, hey, you can live life the way it feels fulfilling for you and just let it be that because it's your life. You're not living life for anyone else but you. And I started to realize after going into life coaching that I had a lot to say in the world of marriage. And it's Mm. so funny because looking back, it makes a lot of sense. That's probably one of the biggest journeys I've gone through personally, because I come from a family where my parents got divorced. They realistically probably should have never gotten married, but I understand why they came together. They're very opposite. My mom is very practical, very responsible. Um, didn't even get to really have much of a childhood. So like still has a hard time to this day, relaxing. Mm. My dad, on the other hand, is like the complete opposite, all about fun, living for the now don't plan for the future. And so their marriage together look like poor communication, Mm. look like not much prioritization of each other, not much support. And so my mom did all the things, classic martyr, like of that generation, right? The women did everything, everything for the kids, everything for the house. And they were expected to do that. And meanwhile, my dad's like watching sports, hanging out with friends, doing whatever he feels like doing. And so I grew up witnessing what you do when you're unhappy, right? Mm -hmm. What do you, what did she do? She pulled herself up in the room, got pissed, blew up. And didn't communicate more on a daily level and even understand for herself, like what it was that she needed. She just knew that she was unhappy. And so because I didn't know or witness and, 
and like have it modeled for me how to have a healthy sense of self-awareness, a healthy sense of boundaries and assertiveness and communication and how to be in true partnership with each other where you feel like you've got each other's back. I didn't really have great relationships as you can imagine, right? And so what did that look like? I nagged a lot. I was passive aggressive. When I was angry, I was really angry. Like I've, I'm an Aries, so I've got that fire energy and it's like, you don't want to piss me off, right? And I also had no self-awareness. And so I thought if you did something and I got irritated, therefore it's your fault because I was fine before you did that thing. So I had to do a lot of unpacking in myself several relationships later to realize there is more that I can do to have a more satisfying relationship with a romantic partner. And so I went deep into a self-awareness journey into, you know, well, what is my part in this? How can I change what I'm doing? What do I have control over without giving up myself? Right. I'm not, I'm not saying be a doormat and be what they need you to be, but rather what can I do that's within integrity for myself to show up, to create the relationship that I desire, right? We have so much more impact on, in our relationship with our actions, our thoughts, our beliefs, our well-being than we give ourselves credit for. Like our partner's not here to save us. They're here to do them. We're here to do us. And then we choose intentionally to come together as like the healthiest versions of us, of course, acknowledging that that's always evolving. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of how it evolved, like through my own journey of witnessing that, of struggling with relationships, of unpacking, unlearning, relearning, and being really intentional and seeing how that positively impacted my marriage, how that's positively impacting my kids and how I'm truly at peace with knowing like, okay, I think that they have a solid ground. If we continue working on ourselves and and with each other, like me and my husband, that our kids are going to have great relationships. They're going to have great standards, great expectations, and they're going to show up as fully responsible beings that are self-aware, that do communicate in a healthy way, and then can have a great foundation to seek out partners that are really right for them and not like play that game of like, are you right for me? Are you right for me? Like, yeah. and kind of like, look for other people to fulfill them. Yeah. I resonate with <clears throat> so much of what you said about your own upbringing, because mm. my parents have been mar- actually been married for, I think 54 years. Wow. We were married in 1967. And, you know, sometimes like I'm surprised by that because my parents also were very, very polar opposites, especially in their personality. Um, some of their beliefs a little different, but very, very different personalities, a very, very different set of, I'd say, love languages and needs. And sort of similar to your mom, both of my parents like worked a lot, but my mom was more of the dominant character in the relationship. Yeah. And when she would get mad or upset, 
um, if she didn't like something or she wasn't in control, she would do the silent treatment. She would stomp off. Mm -hmm. She would slam the door, go in her room, slam the door, silent treatment for a while, yelling and screaming. And so I also didn't really see two people who communicated in a healthy way. And just like you, um, I've been with Sean now 15 years, but in like when I was dating other people, and then even at the beginning of our relationship, just like you, I was nagging, nitpicking, blaming, you know, even like the way he would cook on the stove. It's like, no, that's not how it's done. It's done this way. You should do it this way. And I actually did go to um, therapy. I went to a therapist and we started out together. And then she was like, yeah, Megan, I think you need to keep coming by yourself. So that's my, my first question for you, Michelle, is it sounds like you really went on a journey of working on yourself first Mm -hmm. versus expecting your partner to work on themselves. Yes. Yes. And you kind of like flipped from like blaming them to saying, I'm going to become more self-aware. And I think a lot of women either like blame the man or they think they have to work on it together, but they're, they're ignoring working on the self. So yes, you work on yourself first, then you work on the marriage. Like, how does that work? It's in tandem. It's in tandem, truly. So I actually only work with moms and women, right? And so a lot of questions I get asked is like, well, how does that work if they're not doing the work too? Oh, yeah. They may not be explicitly working with me, but they're doing the work. Mm. Why? Because as you start to shift, as you start to take care of yourself, as you start to learn more about yourself, like what are your triggers? What helps you set yourself up to have a great day? What helps you set yourself up to even want to flirt with your husband, to want to communicate with him, to want to do things with him? Like you got to know that, mm. right? You're not just like, let's fix communication. What about all that stuff underneath? Like communication is just the, the, uh, the channel of, of how it looks like. There's so much stuff underneath, right? Your own life experiences, what you grew up with, your your relationships in the past, your perspective on yourself, what you think that you're worthy of, what you think is a no-go, like what's just like a flat out, like, nope, that's not happening. And, And what are your needs? And so when I work with women, a lot of it is uncovering and rediscovering what makes you you outside of being a mom, right? Because be- becoming a mom really transforms you. Yeah. You start to focus solely on the kids because, I mean, they need your help, right? They can't really do anything for themselves when they're young. And even as they get older, you still kind of have that oversight. It's just human nature for you want to want them to succeed and do well and be healthy and all the things. But in that transition, we forget who we are so much that a lot of times we kind of don't even pay attention to ourselves at all. And then we become this different person. So whoever your husband married is no longer there. Mm. You've become a shell of a person, right? And so like, if you started out awesome, which I'm hoping you did, because I'm hoping that's why you decided to have kids together. Yeah. You then introduce kids. You're low on sleep. You're low on getting your needs met. If you don't have great communication or great self-awareness, you don't know what to ask for. You don't know how to ask for it. 
and out comes frustration, out comes resentment. Your husband has no freaking clue what's happening and you explode. And he's like, what the hell? Like, like if you look at your life, would you have signed up for that? Probably not. Right. And so it's really about redirecting you back to, well, why did we have kids in the first place? What was a life that we saw for each other when we said, I do, right. I do like saying I do is the easiest part, right. Getting to the, getting to the altar, wherever you got married, I didn't get married in an altar, but like wherever you ended up and said, I do, you're probably like seeing all these beautiful images and visions of what life could be like with each other. Right happiness, fulfillment, all that stuff, growing gray and old together. You don't see fighting. You don't see being critical towards each other. You don't see disconnect. You don't see yourself like 50, 60 years old feeling like, who's this stranger that lives with me? And so you really have to stay intentional every single day. And where does that start with? you. Right. And so I get it. If marriage seems hard, you're like, well, why do I have to do all the work? I do everything else. Or why does it seem like I'm always trying? Yeah. It might seem like that. And I want you to unpack that because think about what we're taught as women growing up. We're taught to care about other people. We're taught to prioritize relationships. Whereas men or boys are raised to be like, Hey, what sport are you good at? What skill can I help you nurture? It's all about them. Mm. Whereas for us, it's about other people. Right. So we may inherently notice things before them. Also, we have different standards. We're also more in touch with our emotions typically. And so we're going to notice a lot sooner because we have a lower threshold of what might be fine. Whereas they're like, oh, I didn't even notice because they're preoccupied living their own life. Whereas we are like preoccupied with other people fulfilling ourselves. So a lot of it is undoing, right? Unlearning and then rediscovering and then, and giving yourself that power back of, oh, what does make me happy? What makes me happy outside of this person? What makes me me? How do I become that person again as a mom? Not like I'm going to wait till my kids are old enough and then I'll go back to that. Mm -hmm. But rather, who do I want to be? What would make me love me more? Because when you love you, guess who you get to be? Vibrant, happy, enjoyable to be around. You're more patient you're more kind, you're more fun mm-hmm. versus being burnt out, which I call like the super mom. Like, I hate that phrase. I don't ever strive to be a super mom. I've strived to be a joyful mom, whatever that looks like for anyone, right? I don't strive to be everything for my kids ever. I don't strive to be the best like housekeeper, the best mom. Like I strive to be the best me. And that gets to look different for everyone. And in doing that, I get to show up my best for my family. So it's like a trickle down effect. Yeah. I love that. I love that. 
Um, one of the things that I have heard over the years, and I imagine you hear this from clients, um, especially women who get into starting their own business, going down the route of personal development, wealth mm-hmm. consciousness, you know, mindset and this growth trajectory. They're going to yes. live events and getting coaching and, you know, getting in community with other women. And one of the things that we hear so often is, I feel like I'm outgrowing my husband Mm -hmm. and my husband's not going to these live events and my husband's not doing all this mindset work and my husband's not reading all these personal development books that I'm obsessed with. And they want to almost sort of like, you know, kind of shove it over to their husband. Like, should I give him books to read? Should I invite him to do this? Like, do you see that? And how do you work with someone (laughs) when that's actually like happening in real life? Yeah, totally. Um, that happens all the time, especially like if they're a coach, right? Then that's like very prevalent yeah. because as a coach, working on yourself is you working on your business. Like you truly have to embody what it, whatever it is that you are saying you're going to help people with. And so it's always a work in progress. You are never like quote unquote there, right? You have you never arrive. And so yeah, this happens a lot. And I I just want you to imagine, like, let's say your husband's really into cars and you're not. And he's like handing you a book on how to fix a car. How interested are you in that? Not at all. No. And it's almost like you don't feel seen because it's like, you know, I don't care about that. And you're trying to shove it down my throat. That doesn't build connection. Instead, because obviously, like, personal awareness and personal development would benefit everyone. The best way is truly to be a model, to lead yourself. Focus on who you want to be, how it's impacting you, and just radiate it. You don't need to shove it down their throat. You don't need to criticize them for not doing things a certain way because then you're condescending. Yeah. That, that creates a different power dynamic. So then you're actually leaving them behind because you're almost like looking down on them rather than just acknowledging that you're on, you know, different pages of the same book. Don't like count them out and, and don't, don't think that they're not listening here and there when you're sharing something exciting that you're excited about, not to teach them, but like genuinely like you just want to share about what's happening in your world, don't discount that they might be, you know, slowly picking up some things here and there. Same for marriage. You're not like, well, I learned this and we should be doing this, but rather know that as you embody what you're learning and you're trying different things, he's going to naturally change because you are no longer the same person. So it's like doing a dance, right? You used to do this one dance, this one choreography. You have evolved or you are evolving. So you're going to be doing a different choreography. And so he's going to have to kind of like react differently to you because you're coming into the relationship as a different person, right? So like, let's say a fight. Normally you nag and you criticize and you nitpick and he's automatically defensive right? Or like, I don't want to listen or he leaves or whatever his go-to coping mechanism is. Mm 
-hmm. And all of a sudden you're not happy. And instead of nagging, you're like, just assertive about it. You know what you want. You're very clear. You don't use blaming language. You let them know what it is that you would like. And you're very specific about it. And, and you're using like good, healthy communication tools. He's like, what just happened? At first, he might be like defensive because he's used to you coming a certain way. He doesn't know how to respond to whatever it is you're doing. Like maybe that old self will come back. He's, so he's kind of like bracing himself. But over time and consistency, with consistency, I'll be like, huh, I can trust this. This is how she's doing it now. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I would say, worry about yourself. Let him do him. Lead the way if he wants to come. Amazing. I don't know why he wouldn't. Right. But you get to decide every step of the way. And if you're much happier with the work that you're doing, he's probably pretty intrigued by what the heck you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So allow your actions to influence versus forcing him. Yeah. No one likes to be like forced to do something or dragged through the mud because it's like, you're going to experience resistance. It's not going to be enjoyable. So you just do you fill them in no strings attached and just let it be, let him choose to want to learn more. Let him choose to find something that resonates with him because like, who you might be into could be like, I don't connect with that person at all. I like this guy instead. I want to learn from this guy or I want to, I want to listen to this podcast, right? Like just let it be. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of your tips on for women who feel like their husband may not be as on board with their Mm -hmm. business as they would like Mm -hmm. for him to be? And even getting into, I mean, clearly when we're growing businesses, we're investing a significant amount of money and like larger chunks of money. Oh yeah. Typically like just in life in general, if we're buying something, you know, a new car or a house or, you know, lots of times anything that's over a thousand dollars, you're having a, you know, a husband wife conversation about that. And then you have this other entity that's your business that your husband isn't part of, but you're part of it, but there's also lots of investing happening. And I yep. think a lot of people, until they finally get serious about their business, their funds are all commingled in the yep. same like personal checking account, which yes. is also partly his, and they don't have it all separated. So right. speak to the person who may be listening to this, who's like, I don't feel like, like, how do I get my husband more on board? And then how do I communicate and have this conversation around all the investing that I want to do and I want to keep doing, even if I have like not a good season in my business. Totally. I mean, I get that. Like business is, you know, sometimes feast and famine, right? It's not yeah. always consistent. So I totally get that. So I want to touch on first, like the support piece, right? I learned early on that you should not count on your husband to be your like everything. He's not your everything. You have people in your life for different reasons. And while it would be amazing for your husband to be your biggest cheerleader, there are other people that could fill that spot, like your biz besties. If you don't have one, go find some. Go network with people who are like-minded, who are in the same space as you, or maybe even ahead of you to keep you motivated so that you don't leave that for only him to fulfill. That's that's some large shoes to fill into, especially if 
he doesn't understand the world of, let's say you're an online service provider, right? If he works corporate, it's going to be difficult for him to understand if he doesn't know anyone that's an online entrepreneur, because it looks very strange if you're, if like, if you're honest about it, right? You're like, you spend all day on the computer or on your phone, you're meeting with all kinds of strange people. All of a sudden you're asking to spend thousands of dollars. Like what the heck is happening? Are you in like a pyramid scheme? Like what? I don't get it. Yeah. You're like playing on social media all day. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Are you even working? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You look like you're messing around all day. And so I totally get it. And I also get how strange it looks because it's such a new world. Because when you think about building a business, people automatically think like brick and mortar. Yeah. Right. You're like, oh, cool. I obviously see that you need to rent a building. I obviously know that you need to buy like assets to fill this building with like, let's say you're opening a restaurant. You need to buy, you know, things to cook with. You need to buy tables and chairs. You need to da, 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 da. You need to hire staff, whatever, whatever. Very like understandable. Anyone can understand that. Anyone that's eaten out understands that. But when it comes to an online business, it's like, well, isn't your laptop and internet enough? It's like, no, it's not. And part of your role is to notice and acknowledge that your husband is an investor. You have to approach the conversation with him as if he's an investor. How would you go into a conversation with an investor? You're not just going to be like, can I have $5,000 to invest in my first business coach? I love this perspective. I've never heard anybody like position it in that way, Michelle. I love that. Yeah. I mean, if, if someone were to come up to me and be like, can I have $5,000 and be like, for what? Right. He's automatically thinking, well, that's going to affect not going on vacation. Are we going to have enough for the mortgage potentially? Right. Are like, what does that mean? Is that affecting our, our retirement plan? Do we even have, like, where's this money coming from? And if you're continuously spending money in the beginning, which we all are right in the beginning stages, it's going to look like a money pit Mm -hmm. with, with no upside. And so I urge you with any conversation, actually, not just about business, but any conversation that could get heated with your, with your husband, I urge you to spend a lot of time with yourself first processing how you feel, what you want, why, so that you can go into the conversation with more clarity. You're, you're prepared. You're confident about, okay, yeah, no, this is exactly like the direction I want to go in. This is the goal of the conversation. And when I say goal, I don't mean for him to say yes, but rather this is what I want to communicate. Right. And think about him. What is his experience of the conversation going to be like? Right. If you're like, hey, can I have five thousand dollars? I don't know if I'll make it back. It's like, uh, why would I want to do that? That's like burning money. However, if you're like, hey, this is what I would I'm seeing for myself for this business. This is where I want to take it. This is what I'm struggling with. And this is what this coach specializes in. And I connect with her because of X, Y, Z. And I feel like 
once I hire her or once I start working with her, she's really going to help me work through these things that are preventing me from taking action. And it's going to help me stop spiraling into those moments where I'm like, why am I doing this? Am I the right person to do this? Who am I to do this? And stop wasting time and spend more time serving people. And it's going to connect me with a wider group of other entrepreneurs that can help me network and refer me. And I can just like, you know, all of the things that I'm sure you're well aware of. Yeah. And, you know, this is my plan. And, you know, at this point, like this is my exit strategy. Even if you're like, I don't ever feel like quitting. Having that peace of mind for him and be like, okay, if my business doesn't grow after like this point, and be specific about what grow means, because that's different too, right? Sometimes it's financially, that's what you're working towards. But sometimes it's about visibility, especially in the beginning, right? Being recognized as an expert in that field and getting invited to do things, right? And say, okay, these are my milestones. This is my goal. This is how it plays into this bigger picture. If I don't meet that, then you can talk about like whatever your plan is, whether you like go get a part-time job while building your business on the side or getting a full-time job while building your business, but still like needing his support time-wise, right? Like, okay, I'm going to need you to give me a few hours every Saturday with a, like, so that I can just be heads down, or I need you to do bedtime uh, this many times a week so that I can focus on this and then gradually replace the income so that we're comfortable with fully transitioning for me to be a full-time entrepreneur. Like talk about all the different ways, but basically you need to sell him. Yeah. I think you need to sell him. A man wants to hear the game plan. Yeah. They want to know you have a game plan. You're clear on the numbers. You're clear on the facts and you actually have a pathway you're going to follow. Exactly. Because their main priority is to provide for the family. And if you're like, Give me a huge chunk of that for uncertainty. They're going to be like, hell no. Right, right. Because then that will put more pressure on them. And they're going to be like, I don't know what to do. They might feel like a failure of a man. Like there's a lot of fears going on. So so it might come out as I don't support you. But really, it's I'm afraid of what might happen to our family. Or I'm afraid that you'll fail. And I don't want you to experience that. There's so many different, you know, different uh, reasons for why they might express what might look like a lack of support, but it's really all based in fear. Yeah. Lack of uncertainty, maybe like, am I going to get left behind? Who are you becoming as like, as you do this, are you going to think that I'm not good enough for you anymore? Like, you know, so many different reasons and flushing that out and really easing his anxiety, let's call it right. will help you navigate the conversation with more ease because it's not just about like, Hey, give me $5,000. It's all about me. I don't really care about how you feel or how this impacts our family. No, it's like, Hey, this is what I want. What are your concerns? Let's talk about it. Can we come up with a a game plan together? This is what I've thought of already. Am I missing anything? Like bring him in. He's an investor. He wants to know that his money is going to a good cause. And, and like, don't get me wrong. I am going to be the first person who says like betting on yourself is the best thing ever. 
right? But he doesn't know everything that you're doing. He only knows what you're filling him in on. And even then it's like a small percentage of what's really happening inside your mind. Yeah. I love this. Oh my gosh. Such good tips on how to have those conversations. I absolutely love the, the female looking at their husband, like an investor in the business, because that's how his mind is thinking. And you have to know how they're thinking about it. And that is how they're thinking about it. Oh, that's brilliant. I love it. Okay. Here's my last question. You know, again, like so many women entrepreneurs are high performers, maybe even self-proclaimed overachievers. I know anytime I ask clients like, Hey, what's your hobby? Usually the answer is, Oh, (laughs) my business is my hobby. And I know I can be that way too. I love to work. I think about business all the time, but dang, if a man does not want to hear you talk about business, especially like in the bedroom or when it's, you're on a date or when, you know, it's just, you're just, the workday is done or it's the weekend or it's the nighttime. Can you give some insight on some best practices to transition out of, I've been in work mode all day into like family mode, whether it's wife mode, mom mode, like sexy time and like turn off just thinking about or worrying or being stressed out about the business, because that's not really the version of you that your husband really loves spending all that time with. No, no. I mean, it might be like sexy that you're like doing your thing. You're being a boss woman, you know, like, however, (laughs) there are different versions to us and you're right. That's not the side that he wants all of the time. Right. And so one really easy way to go about that transition is setting boundaries for yourself. Like what are your working hours? And don't get me wrong, I get inspirational hits all of the time, mostly when it's inconvenient, but acknowledging that about myself, right? This is where self-awareness comes into play. Like, how do I experience that? Okay, well, now that I know that this is like a constant thing and it's never going to stop and I don't want it to ever stop, right? Like, I want to always be inspired. I need to come up with a system to support that so that it's not always taking me away from my family, not always taking me away from my husband so that I can have this business for that reason. It's like, I didn't make this business to be alone. It's to support my family. They're my why. It's to support the life that I want to live. This is just the means that I'm doing that. And thank goodness it's fulfilling for me, right? And so if you don't have boundaries for yourself, this is what you can do, right? Or here are a couple things. I, for one, turn off all notifications for Instagram. If that's your main thing, Facebook, whatever, just turn off notifications. That way you're not constantly being pulled into looking, You actively choose to open the app and then you see it. Okay. So that's one super easy way. The second way is decide when you're going to be done working. And at that time, you actually go through a transition exercise, which looks like like a shutdown process, right? Okay. This is where I left off with these things. These are the things that I completed. If if you're like satisfied by checking off those check boxes, this is the place to do that, right? Think about, okay, well, what do I want to do tomorrow? What are my priorities? 
that way you get it out of your mind and it's not just taking up real estate as you go into family life and you're like, you know, okay, I have to remember this. I have to remember this. I have to remember this. It's almost like walking around with closed fists Mm. all day long. Yeah. Like I have to remember these things. I have to hold on to them. That's a lot of tension to walk around with. Yeah. So free yourself by putting it down on paper or, or, you know, emailing yourself or, or putting on like your digital notes. And then if you need more time to like ease into family life, think about what you need to do. Do you need to play your favorite song to dance to like, kind of like shake things up a little bit? Do you need to go change into more comfortable clothes, like into pajamas? So you're like literally shedding off your work attire. If you dress up for, for work, right? Go do something that's going to be like your transition into whatever life that you're, you're walking into. And when I was talking about inspiration, like my thing is I just grab my phone. I jot it down just enough to know what I'm talking about. And then I leave it. I trust that when I have time to get back to it during my working hours, it'll be there and I can be present because there's nothing worse than you feeling irritated by your family because you're like, I'm working. And they, they're like, okay. And then what happens over time? They stop coming to you. And then yep. what? You have nothing. Yeah. And it's the worst feeling because it's like, I need to do this, but I'm doing it for you, but I'm shutting you down. It's just like, wait a minute here. What's my intention here? It's to connect with my family. This business is to help me create positive memories with them, not feel irritated all the time and have them be like, oh, mom's not approachable. Mom always works. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So reconnecting with your why is really important to help you create your business in a way that supports your life, not the other way around, which is how we've been groomed to think of work, right? When you go into an office, it's like, I got to sit here until it's five o'clock. Yeah. And oh, my child's sick. That sucks. I gotta be here. Yeah. Like if you don't have sick time or or PTO, I gotta be here. So I just have to make do. It's like, no, 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 no. As a business owner, you literally get to decide how do I want my life? Let's create the business around that. Yes. Yes. You don't have to be at a certain income level to do that. You literally get to do like decide that now. Yeah. Better sooner rather than later. Oh, absolutely. It's harder to, it's harder to undo what you've done because you're going to be so entangled. Yeah, for sure. Wow. I love this conversation. We could keep going forever. Um, This is such a, I, I think a very much needed conversation that we don't actually hear in my opinion and, and probably yours too, enough of in the personal development space or even the the business and professional space. Um, and so many marriages are ending because they don't have the tools. They don't have the guidance. They don't have the coach or the mentor, just like you. Um, I know you have a free guide on how to turn mm-hmm. conflict with your spouse into opportunity. Um, yeah. We've got that link in our show notes below. Tell us a little bit about that. And I'd love for our anybody listening to go grab that. Yeah. So just as I had said, you know, leading up to any conversation, whether it's about your business or anything that you're upset about that you really want to create change with, it's, it's a guide to help you 
think about it, to process in your own time, to start working on your marriage before you even initiate a conversation. So that way you're going into the conversation much more prepared rather than going there and you're just like doing verbal diarrhea and he's like, what's happening? I don't even know what you want. I don't know how you feel. I just know that you're mad at me. Right. And, and that leads to a lot more drama than I want for you to have in your life. And so using this guide really helps you center yourself, understand yourself and approach the conversation with much more confidence and clarity and direction so that you can have a productive conversations because I see arguments, like you said, as opportunities to grow closer together, right? Yes, they're annoying. Nobody likes them. However, it doesn't have to stop there. It gets to transform into a vehicle for you to get closer to each other, for you to learn more about yourself, for you to learn more about him, for him to learn more about you and and each other. So don't have these arguments go away in vain, like make them useful. So this guide will help you do that. Amazing. Amazing. Michelle, this has been so incredibly valuable. I know that everyone listening got so many amazing tips, implementable things that people can go ahead and start doing right now just from listening to the show. So thank you so much for being here. Um, And thank you for the work that you do in the world. I imagine you are probably also saving marriages helping men and women like save their sanity. So I just think this is such a, such an important conversation and I'm glad uh, you were able to bring it to the show today. I'm so excited. I got to do that too. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into the built to last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.